0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Broadcast News for April 6th. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today, the full suite of my wonderful co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. I say full suite like there's more than just two of you.
1: <laughs> it made us sound real official.
0: The dynamic duo of podcast hosts.
1: Who's, I guess, Dan's Batman. Huh. And I'm Robin.
2: Who does that, that make... Am I, I like Alfred Robin's
1: costume? Mm. You
2: you have a similar haircut to like current Robin. Who? Tiff? I do? Yeah. Oh. Not not movie. Comic book, Robin.
1: I have a men's haircut, is what you're saying. What?
2: I'm saying he has like that sweeping bang.
1: Yeah. I originated this.
2: Does that make me Nightwing? Because I'm down with that. And you're Batgirl. Damn
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it new Batgirl? Or, or your Alfred Alfred is you cool? <laughs> Your Alfred. I don't want to be Alfred. Be Alfred
2: why not get me some tea
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my well all right i guess we all assume the roles we were given uh thank you all for joining us welcome to the show in case you've forgotten where to find us who we are you can do so facebook.com slash league of nonsensical gamers check us out on youtube By searching for the Nonsensical Gamers, go over to BGG Guild number 2077 and join the conversation over there. Let us know about your top of the stack or other things that you might be interested in talking about. You can find us on lovely places like Twitter and Instagram if you want to see what we're playing or, uh, you know, what we're taking pictures of, which for Tiff is not not selfie cam style because her phone doesn't work that way.
1: Well, it does work. There's just moisture in the lens, so everything looks uh, soft focus, like a boudoir shot.
0: Oh, well, that might be, you might get a get a following for those types of pictures.
1: No, I got to keep it G-rated. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I can't do anything fun. That's true. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think of a soft-focused dog stroller picture.
1: I really need to get that dog stroller out and take some yeah. pictures. It's been yeah. almost a year now.
0: Have you used it?
1: Yeah. We had an incident when we took it out the first time where a wheel fell off. <laughs> But I think I think we're good now. I'd never operated a stroller before. I'm a stroller novice.
2: Did so you walk broke your it? dog into a crater? What did you do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really meant for like off-roading and we took it onto the grass and it was a disaster.
0: Yeah, you know why? Because the dog is built for off-roading. <laughs> you just take it out of the stroller.
1: If you haven't met Kingsley. He is not built for much. For He's grass? He's built for sitting on my lap.
0: Interesting. That's about it guy is it is there a big market for dog stroller repair
1: <laughs> i doubt it
2: yeah no. i'm sure best buy does it
1: <laughs> the geeks get the geek squad out call the geek my dog squad.
2: i bought this dog stroller from you guys could you repair it did you buy the warranty
1: <laughs> there no. are some like jogging dog strollers like they have the same kind of strollers for dogs as they do for babies and stuff
0: it's very strange
1: it's a niche market
0: yeah apparently (laughs) (laughs) alright well one day check out Instagram that might be up there Uh, also thank you to our lovely sponsor Tasty Minstrel Games you can check them out at playtmg.com although I checked them out today at playtmg.com and their opening banner is still Bomb Squad so you might want to go to Twitter or some of the other avenues to find more info about TMG they have uh, the new reprint of Amun Ray and this month in April Games like Dairyman, Guns and Steel, and Zooscape will be coming out. A couple of small box titles that you can get on your shelves. Alright, like I said, this is broadcast news for April 6th, so let's jump right in with the news. First up, a story from our lovely sponsor, TMG. Something that I didn't report on when it first happened, but I will report on now because uh, TMG has been... Opening investment on a site called micro ventures so you have the ability to currently invest in tasty menstrual games and buy some of their stock and they officially hit their like minimum funding cap over on micro ventures, which was fifty thousand dollars They can raise up to a million dollars is kind of their high-end and uh, there's about 30 days left from the time of our recording so probably 26 ish days from when you guys are listening. This is an interesting idea. Do you guys have any opinions on buying into game companies like this? No. N- no.
2: I mm. it, It's very unusual. I haven't really thought too much about I the benefits at here. It. I I got like a survey when they originally kind of were thinking about it, asking like if I would invest and stuff like that, and we had a whole discussion on the Geek All Stars, Dan, Chris and I about it. Um, I guess it was In December. It was so vague at that point, and I haven't actually kind of looked into it since. Um, I don't know. I don't really invest in normal companies all that much. Um, I do that through mutual funds and stuff. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So,
0: just some of the like key
2: points here is that your minimum investment is
0: $150. You can invest obviously more than that. Um, Reading through some of the comments and some of the information, I did try to dig in just because I think this is kind of unusual. It seems that. There will be no dividends paid out, and you will not be able to freely sell at any time, which means that you, and this actually comes from a response posted by Michael Mendez, you are primarily just supporting the company and their growth, and the only chance you have to kind of get out or get a return is if TMG chooses to buy back the shares or if in the future they become financially stable enough where they can start paying out dividends, but they have no intention of doing so at this point, which means that so it's, it's, almost like, yeah, it's almost like a Kickstarter with no backing rewards. Mm. Although you can get a t-shirt mm. I mean,
2: that's or cool, a hoodie. But to call it an investment, I don't know if they do call it an investment, but that's kind of... Uh, I'm not. You are it. technically a stock holder at that point, a shareholder. I get it, I get it but and that's fine. I'm sure all the legalities are are in place whatever. Um it's almost like a private offering and that you are kind of stuck yeah. in but they don't give you any kind of out. Yeah. No. As far as me, if I'm going to invest money, I want a return. I mean that's just Exactly. That's basic investment 101. Like I don't This is like this is almost like charity. Not charity, but yeah, it's like crowdfunding. Yeah. So uh, I think that the most interesting part of this for someone who's not looking to invest is that
0: they have a detailed overview of their business model, their sales and revenues and you know yeah. profit margins and things like that. So that's pretty cool if you're interested in kind of the back end of the finances of a board game company. And TMG is doing OK. Like they're not they're not Fantasy Flight. They're not Asmodee. But, you know, from one of these like mid range publishers, you get to see some interesting there's numbers. A new,
2: there's a segment I'll do maybe next episode. I'll review their financials. I'm actually really curious about that i'm trying to think of a pun that relates to board games and auditing yeah Yeah. no but there's 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 a lot to there's a lot to glean from looking at the financials and it's kind of curious because you don't you don't get to look into board game companies to that level of detail so that's why i'm actually curious and if no one else is fine i won't break it down but you know i i think it's interesting
0: yeah no it is pretty cool And, and it's fairly transparent for the most part so and um if you do have questions or you are you are interested uh michael menez has been very active responding to comments you can post right on there uh categorize it by you know what your concern is or your question and he's been pretty open with responding so that's it's pretty cool so that is from our lovely sponsor tmg uh technically i guess if you wanted to invest and be our boss you could do that you could steer the direction of this show no Nope. no okay Nope. You that. can't
1: steer Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he responds to no master. <laughs> well, nope. next up is an interesting article written by Gil Hova of Formal Ferret Games. He wrote on his blog an article about gamer fatigue. And I'm not going to go into the whole kind of piece. It's actually a good read if you're interested in it. But the idea that I gleaned from it was this fact that Gamer fatigue can set in when the honeymoon phase of buying games is over. So essentially, when you get into the hobby, you get really excited, you buy a whole bunch of crap, you buy anything you like, and then you hit a point where all of a sudden you realize I cannot sustain this path. I can't keep buying games at this rate. I can't store them. I can't afford them. And they're not as interesting. You start to, as we say, we've kind of developed our tastes and things like that. But, you know, Gil kind of points it to you just get burnt out on trying to you know be called to the new stay in the hobby and that the sustainability of the hobby in this fashion is primarily through an influx of new gamers Uh, so it's new people who are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and not cynical like us and hate everything who are like let's buy all the games all the games are awesome and then you have seasoned gamers who start to pare down collections only operate through the secondary market and things like that, and buy very few games. And I just didn't know. That sounds like a lot of what we talk about every episode, right?
1: I was like, oh, Gil wrote this article about me. Yeah. Hey there, Gil. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with that. It took me five years to get there, but now that's how I'm operating with my collection. I'm like, yeah, I don't really need this. You know, everything is pretty much average. So I don't need new games. I got 500 other average games at home. And it only took Dan like early.
2: thirty days to get there.
1: That's not true.
2: Man, you guys really just rip on me lately for that. I am not grumpy about my collection. I have three hundred plus games that I still enjoy thoroughly. But there's probably sixty or seventy that can hit the streets. I'm okay with it. That's that's pretty good, pretty good ratio.
0: Do you guys feel like you hit? I mean, Tiff, you just kind of spoke to it. Do you think that you hit a point of fatigue where you had the revelation that like not not doing this anymore
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah did you hit that point dan or is that more your personality of like more critical and discerning
2: no i think i think with the evolution of life particularly my life um the time investment has taken it uh, has taken a hit so it kind of just, it kind of trickles down from there. So I guess, in, I don't know that I'm fatigued. I still love to buy games and I will still continue to buy games. But the kind of the realist in me is like, if I buy three games, that's probably going to take me three months to play those three because I still have six other ones I haven't played from last month. So yeah, the, the time when I first, that's the biggest kind of change. It's not the money. It's not the space really because I, I usually get rid of games at the same pace that I buy them now. But yeah, it's the yeah. time.
1: I agree with that. The time is a super huge factor in it. And the older you get, the more responsibilities you have and the less time there is.
2: Yep. That's yeah.
1: Sad. Just old and crappy now.
2: Mm-hmm. Well. You being much older.
1: Yes. <laughs> so much older.
2: <laughs>
1: ha, like four months older. Let's
0: <laughs> quickly move yeah. along to something that's a little less heavy. Uh, there are four new scenarios available for the beloved Conan. That's great. Which we talked less of. What would you say? That's great. Next. (laughs) Well, I I do think it's cool. So we talked about how Batman in the Conan system might be a little bit more interesting and way more cool. But it is nice to see that Monolith and Asmodee are still supporting Conan. They've released four new free scenarios. You can go in and download them. Um, So that expands the longevity of the game. You get to use more of the models that are there. And they uh released the updated rulebook so the first rulebook's pretty terrible they released the updated rulebook i haven't gotten a chance to read it actually trying to download it froze my whole computer uh which was strange i don't know if that's my computer or the rulebook but yeah so
2: Conan's still getting support something to check out maybe the rulebook like the game will take 2 years to deliver to your hard drive yeah that's what i was thinking like great it's no that's take cool just as long. i really yeah once they announced Batman, all interest in Conan just went out the window because now I just want to throw batarangs at things. I was talking to Kel about how I might get rid of it, and she's like, Well, you spent
0: so much money and you waited so long and you really like it. I said, Yeah, but you can get Batman. Easy. Well, and that's what Commonly I was wondering.
1: Only as Robin featured in this Batman. <laughs> that's what I
0: know.
2: But, Kel, I really want to play as Alfred. So, <laughs> yes. No, I. Tiff I and think I will play we- while Matt brings us tea the whole game. <laughs>
0: I think that once the Batman like formal announcement comes or once the Kickstarter starts, I think you're going to lose a lot of the Conan value because I think it's going to be new and hot and people aren't going to want to buy the Conan, so I might want to sell it now while I can. That's the spirit.
1: Yes. Welcome to the club.
0: But I like it. Like it's a fun game. There yeah, we go. Mm-hmm. And you to played play. it. Moving yep. on. <laughs> also, I don't know how to sell things on BGG. Can you guys help me? I'll sell it for you.
1: You just go to the oh, market.
2: Will you be my broker, Dan? No broker. There's a small fee, at least thirty basis points. Thirty what? No, sorry. Out. Yeah. Anyways.
0: <laughs> you went over my head. I don't know finance. I work in tiny angry children. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hasbro. Remember how, for some reason, we're the
2: only people who cover the the
0: Hasbro gaming competition?
2: Uh, they announced their new fall winner. And it'll and be in it target, a... so they'll be the ones laughing soon. So
0: yeah, <laughs> it's the game called Cloud Control from designer Eugene Bryant. He just got himself twenty-five grand and a chance to go to Hasbro and develop his game. Uh, it's a game about manipulating cards to make cloud formations like shapes.
2: Like hey, cool, my cloud looks like a dog. That's cool. Yeah, it's unique. A lot of cloud themed games this year. That's probably like the third one I've heard of. Untapped is the Market, new
1: Mad Max
2: oh gosh yeah. it's the new vikings viking clouds
1: oh, vikings are so 2016 i
2: just I watched a, a viking show on netflix it's called the last kingdom was it cool it was all right yeah or this whole time did you think man i wish these were pirates oh yeah yeah i wish i was watching <laughs> black sail the whole time but you know that's cool i like vikings I, I'm, I'm cool with vikings things are cool but anyway,
0: this is clouds. I don't know well, if you can make Vikings that. out of your clouds. But uh yeah, so this, like Dan said, will probably be on target shelves. So keep an eye out for it in, I don't know, probably like six months, maybe a year. Uh Moving forward, CMON, cool mini or not, is making moves. They are offering organized play programs to brick and mortar stores. They're going to support a lot of their different titles through um retail copies that come early. So kind of like... What our store currently accesses through Asmodee, they get two weeks advance on a lot of the titles. Cool Mini or Not is going to do the same thing. They're also going to offer discounted uh, uh, demo copies for games, and they're going to offer specific pledge levels for any of their Kickstarter projects to brick-and-mortar stores so that they can buy in bulk and get a discount. So overall, a program to support the stores supporting their games. So always good. you know. It's, we seem to be having a movement towards... Uh, away from online retailers and toward supporting your local shops which is good for us at least our our shop is particularly awesome and i keep forgetting that not everybody has
2: that available it's <laughs> true but if you want to get one of their kickstarter projects in retail you're probably gonna pay double so well it seems like to you're you're gonna pay msrp and
0: not get the second box of crap maybe so that's the deal but that,
2: that second box of crap is what people might want from their retailer for those people that regret not backing it or something like that. Yeah. Kind of goes back to my whole Arcadia quest. It's like I don't I didn't want the retail version. You know, that's why I didn't buy it. If they would have had the retail version plus all the other little stuff, I would have been tempted. You just gotta wait until Tiff gets tired of these things.
1: <laughs> <And then laughs> hey, I, I still have a couple that I'm looking to get rid of.
0: Yeah. Moving forward, Gloomhaven uh-huh. is a big title from Cephal Fair Games. It's a dungeon crawl game. It's very popular right now in the theme fan community so Dan like rolls his eyes and backs away from the mic Uh, it's supposed to be a pretty cool cool game but one of the things was that it's not available anywhere and it's very expensive to get online so they are doing a reprint kickstarter they were going to combine it with one of their new titles set in the same universe but instead they're going to break those apart and just do a second printing of gloomhaven kickstarter which will include an updated rulebook and some new bits and bobs that improve the gameplay experience and that will be happening April fourth. So it's already happening if you're listening to this now, uh, at noon Eastern time. Which funny, I read the comments and one of the guys said, Great, that's the same day I get charged for rising sun. So my
2: wallet will be in dismay. This guy's just printing money right now. Good on him. He's running. Well, with so it. the game it, box. even yeah, seems to be a big is, hit is as big as like my PC. Like it's massive. It's 21 pounds when you get it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, bigger than Mechs versus Minions. Again, it just looks like a big box of bloat. I don't think you probably need half of it. But people are enjoying it, and that's what matters. Yeah, it's tough to sort through. I haven't heard really any negative comments about it, but I also haven't really dug deep into a lot of people's opinions, so I don't know. I mean, I always wonder, like, with these big Kickstarter games, like, the I don't know. And it's kind of like it goes back to Scythe or Scythe or... Sithy or whatever you want to call it Um, yeah like so everyone who like backed it loved it but the people who didn't back it and played it it, they seem to be much more critical of it and again I get goes back to that I put money into this I put hype into this I'm I'm, you know I want this to be good so I, I have a bias towards it being good yeah I'd be curious to hear from some people that didn't back Gloomhaven, what their kind of honest opinions are. And that's not to say that people that backed it don't have, you know, valid valid opinions. I just, I always find it, I find it interesting to kind of take a step back, you know, open the curtain a little bit and see the other, the other opinions out there. Because with a game like this that had so many backers, it's going to bump the ratings, it's going to bump the hype, it's going to bump everything and you have to kind of, you know, maybe peel back the layer to get a dissenting opinion. Yeah. There's always that component of
0: I'm the one who bought this. I'm the one who thought this was a good idea. So I'm going to try to
2: confirm that in some way. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I don't know what the the psychological name for that kind of bias is, but, um, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, especially in, in board games with Kickstarters. Well, there's something called confirmation bias, which is where
0: I try to, my brain Naturally sorts through information and pulls out things that support my previous ideas. So I look for all the pieces of Gloomhaven that I like because I think that I like it, kind of thing, and I minimize the things that I don't like.
2: So that might be a play. There might. I'm sure there's some other things too. Could be an awesome game, but I played his first game, Forge War, and that was not an awesome game. So well, I would, people
0: like that one too.
2: That one. Mm-hmm. I yeah. <laughs> we'll bring Smee on to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, well, because he Gloom backed Haven... it, <laughs> he Gloom... backed it, and we played it, and he was like, "What <laughs> mistakes?"
0: I remember. I always think whenever I think of Cephalofair games, I think of a story from a previous Origins where Forge War was on Kickstarter, and Cephalofair was a very small company. Um, he was sitting there at a ta- at the end of the table, just having open demos, and nobody was sitting there. And I walked by to look at it because I said, "Oh, you know, I've heard about this game." And he was like, well, do you want to sit down and play it? And I knew it was a longer game, and we were about to start a game. I said, no, we're about to play something. And Forge War is like this big economic Euro game. I said, we're about to play something. And he goes, oh, what are you going to play? And I look down in my hands, and I'm holding Doodle Quest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was like, "Um, I'm going to go play this drawing game. Maybe I'll see you later, <laughs> Forge War guy. Well, that's but- nice, because Smee, or was it two, two or three years ago at Gen Con, Smee actually bought an event ticket to demo forge war and, yeah. and he never showed up for really? his own for his own event yeah smee was livid <laughs> that's frustrating yeah that's two dollars yeah <laughs> no but that no, is more it's importantly lean, the but time. Apparently, yeah. like you know how gen con is gen Con's all about if you got a schedule you got to stick to that schedule kind of thing and yeah. smee was really looking forward to demoing and i remember that so and if but, he had demoed it maybe he wouldn't have backed it <laughs> who knows anyways he seems like a good yeah. guy um yeah and, and good on him his business model is is kicking ass right now uh, and gloomhaven is currently number 15 on the bgg ranks yeah I, those ranks are so dumb right now i'm not even looking they at them have been anymore. completely torched in the last three years like they just three years try three months every game no, i'm just come saying out like over the last over the la- they've they've
0: proven to be very fickle in the last couple of years like just whatever's hot jumps and then it gets like stuck somewhere in the 100 even though it probably should fall farther but No comment.
1: Gamers are fickle.
2: No comment. Puerto
0: Rico's still up there, and Agricola. Classic. Yeah. Right under, right above Gloomhaven, Blood Rage, and Imperial Assault. Insane. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so moving on to some game announcements. Dan mentions uh, Scythe, Scythe. Stonemaier Games has sent out their newest expansion to Scythe. It's going to be called The Wind Gambit. It's going to come in quarter four, and it's going to introduce... Like these crazy airships which change movement rules they don't have to worry about water things like that everyone gets to start with one this is actually a fan-made expansion that a guy posted on facebook and jamie stegmar really liked it and then they developed it and put it out and then there's also two or one other modular expansion that's going to be included in that and it's going to change the end game conditions so mm-hmm. the one i saw was had to do with the factory
2: exploding so is there one that changes it? it from boring to interesting I don't know. It's you know, end game when this game feels interesting.
0: Play seven.
2: Play seven stars instead of six. (laughs) I don't know. It might be cool. I like. I still like Scythe. I don't hate Scythe,
0: but I also bought it. So who knows? The art is real. Confirmation bias.
2: Yeah, Tiff. When am I going to see you next? I got an art book staring at me. Tiff, you don't even see the art when you play the game. That's the sad part. It's that's all true. in the card deck. I know, deck. that's
1: why I wanted the art book.
2: <laughs> it's in the card <laughs> deck, that you only see seven of them. All right, moving forward. Pandasaurus
0: Games has Red Scare coming out, which is a four to 10 player social deduction game. I saw the box art and thought that looks really cool because it's got a... It's this Soviet-era, like, Cold War kind of thing, and I thought it looked really cool. And then I saw that it's a 4-10-player to social deduction game, and I made the same face that Tiff just made, which is, like, kind of vomit in my mouth. But the reason why I still feature it is because this game involves secret decoder glasses. You know those, like, red and blue decoder Mm -hmm. glasses? Or those are, like, 3D glasses, but, like, that red thing you, like... like the Jumanji board game. Yeah. You stick the thing in, and then all of a sudden the bats attack you. Yeah, so you have to wear glasses at some point to reveal hidden information. I have no idea how that works. It seems super gimmicky, but it made I my news. I was
1: waiting for someone to do this. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I don't H- get Haba how... Has, Habba has a game with something like that. It's uh, like Rocks. Yeah, the Rocks game. Or something
1: like that. Mm. Yeah. how, how does I this, it. I haven't played it.
0: How does this work past, like, the first time you see a card with the secret decoder glasses, you're like, okay, it mystery solved i don't know like so is it the idea that you don't know what card is where or is it the idea that you don't know what's on the card and then once you know every game forward is i don't know spoiled. maybe it's
2: like maybe it's like clue where you're you're trying to deduct deduce something and the first person who thinks he does it puts on the glasses and looks and if he's wrong he's wrong It could be as simple as that i don't know
0: yeah anyway it's coming along red scare it is pretty it's super pretty i really like the art style pandasaurus does their art style
1: Social. super
2: nice yeah
1: definitely
0: uh next Bezier games we talked about palaces of madkin ludwig but what we missed was a game called whistle stop which will be coming out at gen con it is a tile laying pickup and deliver game it looks pretty light not light but in terms of train games it looks on the on the lighter side but also looks pretty cool i like the prototype that they have posted up i like the idea of laying
2: the tiles to build the routes and isn't that any train game though how's this one differ because I mean, if you play like a Steam, you, you got to put your your route. So what files they talk down, about right? is making
0: the decision. So essentially, as you build the route across, you're trying to go westward because it's transcontinental railroad. Uh, you have the option to stop and deliver your goods at smaller cities along the way, and that helps build your company's value. So you're essentially investing, or you can prolong the pickup and deliver travel further and get like bigger payouts in terms of funds it's when any, you deliver to the
2: further cities all right that sounds like any train game i'm just it trying it does
0: to, sound pretty standard but it seems
2: lighter it's supposed to play okay. in like an hour
0: i think that's fair
2: so i yeah i'll pass on this and just listen to a go west album yeah because i'm the king of wishful thinking baby yeah whoa <laughs> come we on you love the 80s there. you gotta hit the 80s reference <laughs> tiff actually that might be 90s i think
1: that's It that might be
2: early early 90s
0: all right, well, let's move forward Matt, into... Matt doesn't while know Dan, what I'm talking
2: about.
0: <laughs> well, Dan dreams of times past. Uh, let's talk about Mercury Games. They have a game called Shop in Time. And this is going to be a real-time drafting game mm. that involves an app mm. where Ooh. the f- base gameplay is this, like, price is right mechanic where you're drafting cards. Good. You've got a set, like, spending limit. You draft cards that you think are valued at a certain level. You make this like little shopping cart like, oh, I drafted these three cards. I hope that their value is equal to or lower than the value that I have to spend closest without going over wins. But you don't know or you know the era that those cards came from. So maybe it's like 1942 shaving cream. And you're like, how how much does this cost? And you don't know until you use this app at the end of the game to scan your items and it actually tells you what their value was.
2: Yeah, you, so said, you said real time and app. And I was like, nope. yeah well
1: i'm still wary of games that use apps i don't really even know why it's not like i'm like oh this app won't exist and the game will be worthless i don't even think that i'm just like oh it has an app no uh,
2: it's just the old school i want i want my game on the table too
1: old for this yeah exactly
2: too old for this
1: how do you feel you're the youngster
2: i like the
0: idea of when they said price is right game i was like cool i like price is right unless it's It's my favorite thing well, I like guessing the prices too, but I don't want like this game won't have any
2: longevity. They're inflated prices on that show. <laughs> there's no way a window. There's no bo- way a bottle of Windex costs 750. Come on, let's get with it. In Bob. California, maybe, maybe they don't have much water over there. It's true, and <laughs> so they have to buy Windex to clean their house. <laughs> um, sorry, California. All right, what's next? Yeah, we still love you, California. We you just d- lost a lot. Of you listeners. don't have water. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a sad fact. It's not I a, feel for you. I'm not celebrating. You have to pay a yeah, lot so they, for Windex apparently. come to
1: apparently. this podcast to hear things about board games, not be reminded
2: <laughs> that they're thirsty. Of
1: impending <laughs> tragedy.
2: Poor California. Uh, it's right. my well, favorite state, talk... I'm not going to lie. I love that place. California? Yes, I love California.
0: I don't know, that's kind of like saying North America is my favorite continent. Like it's a, it's too big. How do you love all of California?
2: Every place I've been in California, I have really enjoyed.
0: They're all so different.
2: I know. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I used to work out there a lot and I really like it. All right. Well you saved our listenership. Thank you. Oh, oh I'm not yeah, that's just the that's just another fact. California. Dan Forever awesome. the Diplomat. California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about another game from Surprised Stare
2: Games. It's Called The Cousins can, War. Can we first talk about the name of this company? Is that like is that the feeling they're trying to elicit from you when you look like it's like, oh my god, this game's not crap. Look at my surprise stare. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs>
0: ju- <laughs> he's forever on, Tiff. He can't, I just, can't turn it off.
2: I just he's Dan through and through. Surprise stare presents plan B games. <laughs> 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 like that's what you have after you found out plan b didn't work and you're like oh no i'm gonna name my game studio deer in headlights (laughs) mistakes were made games yes exactly
0: uh no they have a game called the cousins war which is actually referencing the war
2: of roses oh i thought it was about west virginia yeah no man no i'm just i'm just all right i saved california but i'm sorry west virginia (laughs) <laughs> oh man! I'm kidding. You can only keep one state at a time. So I really like West no, Virginia. There's Virginia. a lot of good campgrounds. There's some lovely water sources. Some nice mountains. Don't talk about water, Dan. California's back off. <laughs> oh God!
1: Welcome to our state by state episode.
2: <laughs> Can't wait till we get to states I knew nothing about, like Montana. We need to do a we need to do a listener demographic so we can kind of steer clear of. <laughs> kind of where the heartland of our listenership is and then who should we yeah who should we really direct this to everybody knows is it Ohio? well we certainly
0: aren't very nice to ohio
1: (laughs) you should be nicer to ohio
0: i'm pretty sure the north market is
1: kel's favorite place in
2: the whole world yeah see because they have i like columbus but then there's the rest of ohio
1: have you even seen the rest of ohio dan i'm from ohio it can't be that bad
2: Mm. you're right robin sorry batman apologizes (laughs) <laughs> Alfred can you me guys some tea. like some tea?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Cousins War is a two-player area control game. When I read about it, it sounded a lot like 13 Days, which is a good thing for me. I like that. The issue that I when I dug in further, it seems very simplistic. There are only 17 action cards and there's only three positions on the board. So I, I read the game and thought that it sounded very cool. And then I actually looked at the pictures and read the cards and things. And it seems like it might be a little lighter than I was expecting. So I'm going to have to wait and see more about the gameplay.
2: Uh, but, you know, two-player area control is always cool by me. So has my attention.
1: That's a Mac game for sure. Yeah,
2: so three spaces on the board, 17 cards. If you just add 60 minis, you have a cool mini or not game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: I'm just kidding. You just zinged them,
0: Dan. I got him. You really did it. I got him.
1: Dan destroyed. I'm right? not destroying it. Now
0: Atlanta doesn't wrecked. like us. <laughs> <laughs> All what right. What do you like
1: about Atlanta,
2: Dan? I like the Go. airport. It's a really nice airport. I mean, okay, cool. We're back. Wasn't Nelly from there?
1: Nelly? Maybe. Yeah. There's
2: a bunch of uh, rappers from the ATL. Nelly. Usher's from say, Atlanta, I believe. I like a lot him. of.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, Usher's. We're good. So
1: many Atlanteans are cringing right Keep now. Keep them
0: in our fan base. All right,
2: CGE. I think Little John is as well. Maybe. Do you
1: think Usher listens?
2: I think he does. And I hope so. I think he does. <laughs> Pretty sure he does. CGE
0: continues to print money yeah! or attempt to, although I don't know that I necessarily agree with their decisions. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Code Names Duet is coming out, a cooperative two-player version of Codenames. Wait. Can't you already play two Codenames Two-Player Cooperative? This is... Yes. So, basically, I'll tell you the one component that makes this game need to come in another box. Well, two components. First, the spies are green, not red and blue, obviously. Need to buy it for that. Two, the little, like, codex card that you get that tells you what's what on the board is double-sided, and you put that between the two players... So if I'm on the right side, I'm seeing a little map of my spies. And on the other side, my opponent or my cooperative player is seeing a map of their spies. And you're trying to go back and forth, getting each other to guess all of the spies before the timer runs out. And there are two assassins, one on each side of the card. Uh, So essentially, I think you could probably jerry rig like putting two of the base game cards together back to back and maybe like one person be red, one person be blue. So if you really don't want to spend the $20 to buy this game, you could get away with if it. If you
1: really need to play code names two player
0: cooperative. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I, think, I don't know. I think the base game two player version is just fine. The cooperative version? Yeah. Where you race against the clock. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. I played it a couple this times. This just
1: gives you another option.
0: What it does give you is it gives you new word cards, which is nice. You know, if you didn't feel like you had enough in the base box, although there's a ton. You have a whole new set of word cards, um, and then you can combine it with your Marvel version when that comes out. No? getting a lot of head shakes. Yeah. Dan like literally just like looked away and was like, "I'm gonna do something else until he's done." So, okay, codenames duet, not a not a fan. No, I moving forward. Just don't see a need for it. But now I agree. I agree. Uh, Renegade Games and Kane Clinko are at it again. Flip Ships is coming. This is a cooperative dexterity game. Uh, it's like a sci-fi aesthetic. The I don't know much about the gameplay. Actually, there doesn't seem to be much about the gameplay out there. But uh, Quan Chai did the art, and it's pretty good looking. I'm a fan of it. It's got, I love it. It's yeah, so pretty. It's really good looking. So uh, Renegade's killing it. I think it's a good combination. I'm interested to hear more about the game because dexterity is cool. Cooperative dexterity is neat. I uh, just don't know too, too much about how it actually plays.
1: This is a TIFF game.
0: This is a TIFF game. Get if on it. TIFF. If we're on
1: Kickstarter, I'd back it right now. <laughs> Just want you to know that.
0: Uh, moving forward, North Star Games has announced that they're going to continue on with Evolution. They're going to go to the ocean this time. They are starting development on Evolution Oceans, or I don't know what they're going to call it, but that's the idea, is that it's themed underwater. It's going to be a standalone expansion that you can combine with the rest of the game, and... You're going to start, like, the food's going to be plankton. You're going to start with little tiny fish. And you can get all the way to big, big sea creatures. So if you like oceans and you like evolution,
2: they're still chugging along with that.
1: Man. I need to play that. I've never played it. I have it. I've had it for a while. It's not a bad game.
2: The base game's not Mm. very good. What do you mean? It's okay. No. Did you play with the updated cards? No. Oh,
0: yeah. They updated the cards to make the carnivore strategy a little bit more tempered yeah because there was like a breakout strategy in the in the base game and they released a whole new set of cards to replace them that made things a little bit more balanced and then i have flight but have not played with it but i hear it's it's not bad people like it this game just keeps on coming they've got like four different versions of it uh and the last in terms of game announcements we're going to talk about yellow yellow just doesn't have anything for us anymore does it we really just i think we've progressed beyond them
2: I like their small box I like their... things, so Ninja Taisen yeah. is is supposed to be pretty good. I almost bought the Japanese version of it. It's a two player for their small box
0: games line, which it is good. I do like their small box games line. I have several of those. Uh, it's just
2: overall yellow. They don't have yellow. Really needs a, a storm chasing game. <clears throat>
0: oh yeah, they do.
2: God, they would make it look so pretty. <laughs>
0: Well, one of their other games that they have coming is called "The Legend of the Cherry Tree That Blossoms Every Year." That sounds which awesome. Which is just the craziest title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be called Hirohito, which is just a much more elegant, simplified, streamlined title. Is it a? Why f- wouldn't they it go it with
2: Feudal that. cherry tree.
1: This is more descriptive.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes, that's true. You know, Tiff.
1: I I have a lot more information about this game right now from that title.
0: Do you tell me what you think this game is about?
1: I think it's a pressure luck set collection <laughs>
0: game. I gotta that's stop filling out the show notes so detailed. <laughs> yes, it is a pressure luck set, set collection game for families. Something to look into. It's super pretty, as usual. So, but didn't they? Are they the ones doing Yamatai? No, that's Days of Wonder. Days of Wonder. Okay, I was gonna say they went with a normal title there, but no, it's a different company. Yamatai. I like Hirohito. That's a great title.
1: I like The Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms every year. I mean, so many games have one-word titles. Like,
0: it's true. Think outside of the box. You're one of the reasons why like, two early 2000s punk pop bands always had like full sentences as their song titles. Thanks, Tiff. It's all because of you.
1: Just mix it up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. One word. It gets boring and everything sounds the same. Yeah. Everything's like a city in Japan now. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, what? gives me
1: no information.
0: You know where it's going to be set, and that you'll probably be trading goods because that's all those games are. <laughs> that's what you do on an island. It's true.
1: Fair enough.
0: All right. Two things of app news before we jump into Kickstarter spotlight. Uh, all four games will be doing the Exodus Proxima Centauri port from NSKN, so that will be digital at some point. You can look in the future. And Takedo is now available on iOS and Android. So we were just talking about how we never yeah. play are physical or digital copies of that
2: game, so.
1: I play mine. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Yeah.
2: The Takedo app is, it's pretty slick. I was in the beta for it, and yeah, yeah it's pretty. But like. Which is all we ever say about that game. I like that. <laughs> game. that's kind that's of its one purpose. Of those games I can just sit down and just switch my brain off and just enjoy it. Yeah. It's nothing, Yeah, it's not more than it My board it wants game to col- be.
1: club kids love it.
2: Plus, I want to try the, the other expansion. Yeah. Well, check it out.
0: I think it's like seven bucks if you're into it. Moving on to Kickstarter Spotlight. we've got a couple of projects to dig into. The first is Stop Thief, which is the first title from Restoration Games. Uh, I believe that's is that led by Rob Davio? He's part of it. He's part of it. I think he's the bit one of the big names. Uh, this is a company whose goal is to revamp and revitalize older games that had kind of good bones but needed a modernizing. So, Stop Thief is a game from 1979 that was pretty cutting edge at the time because it used this crazy uh, battery-powered phone. It, it, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It was like the uh, Mall dream Madness date. thingy. Or oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, or dr- I like how Dan went right to Dream Date. <laughs>
2: <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the one that had the phone?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. But it it had an electronic component. It was the app of its day, and it was very high tech. Essentially, in the game, what you're trying to do is move around and catch thieves uh, to score points and things like that, and it was a roll-and-move game. What they've done in this version is, one, given it a total kind of facelift in the art direction. I think it's really sharp. They've redone the board so that it's not uh, square spaces. It's actually this point-to-point, circle-to-circle thing, which means that they could um, overlay that on top of a full... Art board, uh, and then it has instead of roll and move, it's got card-based movement selection, so you can actually have some control over how you move. And those have some special powers related to them. And then the way that you move around the board, you try to find the thieves that you're going to catch, and then you use the app. You actually input the space that you're on when you think that you're with a thief, and that will tell you whether or not you've caught them. So there's a really slick app that has some sound effects to tell you if you, like, are close to a thief, you actually hear footsteps, and then when you actually go to catch them, you type the little number in, and it'll show, like, handcuffs and you catching the guy and things like that, Um, or where a crime has been committed so that you can kind of chase that direction. Very simplistic-style game, but they seem to have made some meaningful changes uh, that really kind of modernize it. It's supposed to be a lighter family game, and the price tag actually reflects that. It's only going to run you 30 bucks, to get this game, which is pretty, I, I think, very fair for what you're getting in it.
1: I like the idea. I'd back it just to support the idea, like restoring old games or this is one step closer to designers, like making new rules for my crappy Kickstarter games.
0: Yeah. So or if you wait, wait like 20 closer. years, you'll get the zombie side redesigned.
1: Yes. Well, no, I sold all my zombie side.
0: Oh, you'll get, maybe we'll get a planetarium redesign in 20 years.
1: <laughs>
0: Dan will be happy.
1: Dan won't care, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he
0: <laughs> no. would make a snarky comment, but he's
2: tweeting right now. so No, I just... Uh, yeah, planetarium's not good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: one of the cool things that they're doing with the stretch goals here is that they're unlocking new modes. So they've already unlocked uh, a classic mode, an advanced mode, an intermediate mode, a solo and co-op mode. And if they can get to 75k, they will unlock a one-verse-many mode. So that means that... You're getting all kinds of variety in the game from a very simple system. And I Steve is should... actually. Oh, go ahead. Oh.
1: I think they should redesign battling tops next. Oh, I love that game. It was at my grandma's house. It was like one of the first <laughs> board games that I was like totally in love with.
0: I Sorry. Man, I'm... we used to play this roller coaster game where you moved little marbles along the track, and every now that they'd hit the roller coaster slide and they go to the this, middle. This, I don't remember what it was called.
2: this kind of hits on the same note as like remaking movies for me it's like just just let the past lie and let's let's move forward
1: no let's go back that's what i say that's what i always say i guess the question is for movies but for games
0: was the design originally interesting so they feel like stop thief was actually a good game for its time let's modernize it so i mean some movie remakes are just cash grabs i don't know i feel like this could potentially become that kind of thing not restoration games specifically but trying to pull old games forward could be kind of cash grabby but
2: they seem to be doing it
0: in a good way i don't know
2: there's enough old games and the good ones have stood the test you know just let let everything just let's just let's press forward (laughs) do you as a designer find it interesting to see like where we were in
0: 79 versus now like how to how design has progressed
2: yeah it's a history it's a kind of it's like an audit trail kind of, of like what What was and what is now, kind of thing. I get the idea. I mean, it's. I'm not. I'm not hating on the idea. I just, for me, it sits like I don't need to see Godzilla remade seven times, like or. The new Godzilla was good, though. I know what I'm just just saying. I
1: just saw the new King Kong. Oh,
0: how was was that? Awesome! I loved
1: it. Loved every minute of it. Mm,
2: I guess. Yeah, it's fine. But whatever. Is it better than making? All right. So, would you rather have?
0: An like they're old
2: game or movie, they're remaking Jumanji. Like get out of here! You don't need to remake Jumanji. Jumanji is amazing as is.
1: I think the difference is is that Hollywood is just like seemingly unwilling to take any risks now, so everything's just a remake and it's kind of uninspired. Whereas this is a more creative venture than that mm. like ooh, new godzilla with cg this time you know it's like it's still the same so, exact but this, is like, this, this is like this is
2: like old stop thief with app this time instead of plastic phone i think i'd rather have the plastic phone i think it'd be more kind of chintzy and fun
1: but there was like a godzilla like recently like this is from the 70s i, mean, I think it's legit to bring it back yeah
2: that's cool you're the reason Hollywood is still doing it, so. <laughs> I'm not going to pay money to go see it again. But you'll pay Would money you to see Would you rather have an trolls? old thing? I didn't pay Such money creative, to see Trolls. Such a creative, amazing work. Hey, let's... <laughs> animated films in general trolls, are...
1: based on a toy. I guess. From the 90s. Yeah, but nostalgia.
2: It's a kid's movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so if it's a kids movie, it could be crap. Yeah,
2: but were there four o- <laughs> were there four other trolls movies, and they just decided? There are
1: going to... to be four other trolls movies. Believe it.
2: I'm sure it is. I don't know. I have... animated films are a different story because there there's a lot that goes into those. So
0: what I'm trying to ask is, do you like? Would you rather have an old thing remade, or would you rather have a sequel? Like, which do you despise more? The fact that there's ten Fast and Furious, or the fact that there was a there's a new Jumanji.
2: I I I don't like that they making are making a new Jumanji? I can avoid nine of the ten Fast and Furiouses. I could just avoid the new Jumanji too. But I don't know. For me, that's like that that movie is 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 fine just the way it is. I guess there's also the question of what if they make an old
0: thing that wasn't good better? So like you take an idea from an old game or an old movie, and you're like that was a really good idea, but they really botched it. I'm gonna use modern techniques to make something that's cool.
2: awesome I, I, out I of it. I just said I said for me personally, I I'm not interested in it. That's all, and I understand board games in general are probably recycled ideas over and over and over. That's like that's the the nature of game design is that you're borrowing from the past. But this is literally just putting a new coat of paint on an old game, and I don't, you know, I don't know. And and if they thought the yeah. old game was good enough yeah. to warrant that new coat of paint, does it really even need it? Just keep it the way it is. Okay. Well, let's talk about something completely original
0: that's never been redone. Uh, the the grim fairy tales. Jeez. Oh, in a game, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, The Grim Forest is our next project. And this is a two to four player, 40 to 60 minute board game where you're set in the Grim Fairy Tale universe and you're trying to build houses, collect resources and build little houses. Now, very simplistic uh, and upfront, not a game that I will necessarily back, but high production quality here and an interesting design. I I watched a gameplay video. It doesn't seem overly complex, but actually, A a unique little title. So essentially what you're trying to do is through blind movement, not movement, but blind selection, you're going to be traveling to one of three different areas where you can collect resources, straw, brick, and wood, like the three little pigs. Uh, You go to those locations, but your opponents are also going to those locations. If you go to the same location as your opponent, you have to share the resources that are there. So you don't gather as much. If you go to somewhere by yourself, you get to take all of it you're trying to use those resources to then build these little modular houses where you actually build them in three plastic parts, which are really sharp looking. And the first person to build three houses will end the game. During your build phase, if you don't have enough resources or don't want to, you can take a free resource from the bank or take these fairy tale fable cards. And those fable cards provide player interaction. You can sick the a giant from Jack and the Beanstalk on someone or put a witch in someone's way or, you know, kind of interact in that way. And then depending on when you've built your houses, you might get the aid of a fairy tale uh, hero or heroine. So overall, a very cohesive thematic game and kind of a light uh, resource management with like a little bit of, not bluffing, but a little bit of like secret information to make things tense and interesting. Uh, the game will run you 50 bucks. The project is ending on April 14th, and it has funded, so ideally you'll be getting the game. It's from Druid City Games, who recently did Barnyard Roundup, and that game uh, funded and came out timely. But what do you guys think? Tiff, I, I, this seemed more directed yeah, towards you. I
1: got that feeling when I saw this. This would be, it seems like a board game club game like maybe a little bit mm-hmm. too light for for my tastes probably yeah uh, i i watched the just the intro video and read a little bit about it but like it would it does seem like it would be a good one for board game club and i really like the bits
0: it's very yeah it's very striking it's got good production quality which is probably where that 50 price tag comes from because the
2: gameplay doesn't really seem like 50 dollars. yeah that's
1: play. how i feel too
2: Dan, any interest in something like the Grim Forest? I looked at that when it kicked off. the The little houses are cool. The art's nice. Um, I think gameplay is probably not going to carry it enough for me um, at that price tag. But I think it looks pretty cool for a family style audience. Yeah, that's something I could play with, like you know, Tristan in four years, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is that he's getting closer and closer to games that are about that weight? Yeah, no, and I ha- I have my eye on that that kind of that that target group. But I think it's still too early, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. So something to check out, The Grim Forest. Uh, moving forward
0: for our third, second to last project, something just for Tiff. I As knew I described you were
1: it, trying to get me on this.
0: Mad Max meets Death Race in a game called Badass Riders from Cote Games. Did you watch the video, Tiff? I did. It's very well done.
1: The I think the first good.
0: thing you notice is if you like comic book art style, uh, this game's got really nice... Uh, like animated and illustrated comic book style uh, the game is a race game hand management and has a large like interactive competitive element where you're essentially trying to blow people up in a post-apocalyptic race uh, there's a couple different game modes where there's a i forget exactly what they're called but there's the race to the finish game mode where you're shooting at each other along the way and then there's this survivability like last man standing kind of thing where you're just going in a circle until everyone is blown up by one person Uh, You have different equipment and things that you can add to your your vehicle, eight different vehicles available, get a driver with custom powers, you know, put flamethrowers and missiles and turbo NOS engines and things like that, just like super over-the-top Mad Max kind of stuff while you try to blow each other up. And the game only runs you $22. I haven't gotten an email notification yet from Tiff.
1: I think I'm more likely to back the Grim Forest than Badass yeah. Riders. I don't know that that one just felt like pandering to me. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're doing it despite me?
1: Yeah, basically. No, I don't know. It looks fine. I I tend not to dig race games. The only race mm-hmm. game that I yeah. really love is Hot Rod Creeps. Hmm. <laughs> wow, well, that and yeah. and that's that nailed it for me. So I'm done. I don't need any more race games.
0: I'm sad. I'm sorry, I really Matt. thought I had you with this one. <laughs> the theme is so perfect for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is one that I'd probably be more apt to look at if it actually comes out in retail.
0: But yeah. you don't want to race in a Mad Max world as Dirty Bob. Mm, I'm okay. I'm really trying here. <laughs>
1: I'm really trying. It looks what good. What about Jimbo
0: Darkstone? You don't play Jimbo Darkstone?
1: I like the art. There's a lot of good-looking good, good looking components, but I don't know. I don't need this. I don't need it.
0: All right, fine. Gamer fatigue.
1: Yeah. Read Glenn's article. It's pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, our last project before we close out the show is King's Champion from Talon Strike Studios. I think I can say friend of the show. That's probably fair. This game will be ending on April 28th, and it has not yet reached its funding level, which is a shame because this is... Only gonna run you twenty three plus shipping. It'll run you twenty nine bucks if you're in the US. And we had to feature it. Not only is this from a friend of the show, but also Maryland State Sport is jousting, Dan and Tiff. And this is a two player jousting game with some really nice, like pencil sketch art style.
1: Jousting is
2: awesome. I like jousting.
0: Yeah, Tiff, I hear you're I hear you're big into jousting, Tiff. How's that going?
1: <laughs> I am Deep into jousting. No, yeah. I like had a little moment of jousting obsession after attending the Renaissance Fair this year. Check out Full Metal Jousting. It's a show, it's a reality show about jousting in Canada. Canada does
2: all the reality shows. God bless Canada.
1: All the cool stuff. That's what Canada yeah. does.
2: Well,
0: they do. Yeah, that sounds like a way better reality show than Big Brother, where they sit people in a house and. Yeah, but it's not as good out. as. I'd rather watch people joust.
2: Or Love It or List It.
0: <laughs>
1: okay debatable those
0: those aren't really reality shows though. those houses are real those people are real (laughs) yeah but reality tv i okay they're not reality like contests yeah okay i like survivor kind of reality show i will watch though
1: i would much rather see two 300 pound dudes try to kill each other with a lance, but that's just me
0: is it like a continuous show tiff is it like you're They play. They go episode to episode until one person is standing or something. It's like yeah, they do
1: kind of like a tournament thing, where there there are people that survive to the last final joust, and then there's a champion. Nice,
0: interesting. All right, well,
1: it's cool. But this game is are they the king's
0: champion at that point to bring it full circle? Are they the king's champion? They're they're the
1: king's champion. Back it now.
0: Well, this is not a Kickstarter Kickstarter about a Canadian TV reality TV show. Uh, This is about King's Champion the player jousting game which has a lot going on in it for such a small price it seems like you get a lot of components and a lot of a lot of gameplay uh, it's got some card management it's got some worker placement kind of stuff it's got some dice placement and dice rolling and you're going to be competing across multiple rounds with your three jousters to uh, gain reputation and promote your house and your
2: and become Galisters. the king's champion. So, I, I think that's where they're going yes, with that. Yes, and become the king's champion. I think that's the idea.
0: Yeah. Just seems like there's a lot going on. You know, I was surprised as I scrolled through the page. They give you the full phases of play for a basic round. There's also multiple modes, just to throw that in there. But just a lot of different things where you can, you know, you multi-use cards, where you can, you know, get squires or upgrade with equipment. And you have some of that worker placement to get different upgrades and resources and things like that get new abilities for your specific jousters, so a little bit of customization in there. Just a lot going on. Seems like a really...
1: It's meaty for a two-player.
0: Exactly, yeah. As they say, there is worker placement, resource management mechanics, and innovative combat through the dice rolling. So a pretty cool pitch for a, what I, I thought was going to be a small box game until I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and seeing everything that was involved in it. So a lot packed in there.
2: And it's jousting. And it's
0: jousting, which is apparently we agree... All three of us, that jousting is cool. All right, so that is broadcast news, Kickstarter spotlight. Thank you all for joining us on the podcast here. Remember, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so on facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Check us out on YouTube or the BGG Guild number 2077. Feel free to get yourself a micro badge. We'd be happy to donate some geek gold. Check us out on Instagram to see Tiff's one-wheel dog stroller or what (laughs) we've been playing. If you really enjoy the show, if you want to help us get noticed or give us some feedback on what you like and don't like, you can do so on iTunes. Give us whatever stars you feel we've earned and leave a comment to let us know what you like and what you don't like. That is the best way to kind of let the community know what you think of the show. If you want to talk to us directly, we are happy to do so. Twitter is the best place to do that. And Tiff, if they want to reach out to you on Twitter, what do they type into that little box?
1: I am at IneptGamer.
0: And Dan, if they want to... Talk to you about how rising sun
2: makes your sun rise. Where do they do that? Not on the internet. (laughs) No. (laughs) At scandalous underscore nad or at league nonsense. And you can find me at cinnamon buns spelled
0: phonetically. And it's phonetic no matter what anybody else says. Stupid. You all can go away. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next time for a full episode. Everyone
2: say goodbye. Toodles. Bye. I like how you say full episode when we just recorded for an hour and 10 minutes. (laughs) Ha, <laughs>